recorded during the plague year 2021. This is the Andromeda Minute, a show where Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we go over one minute of Robert Wise's all-too-timely 1971 techno thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com. And I'm your other host, Ethan McKinley, all the way from the UK. And if you remember, actually, well, I should tell you, from, I'm from the uh, the Two Minute Terminator podcast, another kind of apocalyptic tale, Jim. Yes. And uh, we worked together previously. Was it God? How long has this show been going on now? Was, uh, episode 13, 14 and 15, I think. Yeah, that was back in uh, April or May. And we, I started the show in April of last year. And here we are coming <laughs> up in the coming up to the end of, end of uh, February. Yeah. And uh, gosh, well, you, and it never ends. Jim, but you gave me the unlucky numbers of started on 13, and you did it in the same year as COVID. I'm not going to try and propagate <laughs> any conspiracy theories. I'm just saying Jim might be behind it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's time to it's time to buy lotto <laughs> tickets because our luck's got to change. That's the only way there is. <laughs> Uh, wow. Well, here we are in minute 121. Apparently, Dr. Hall and Dr. Stone have figured everything out, and all you have to do is uh, pant or breathe fast, and uh, all your troubles are over. So I don't know how... <laughs> How, how that applies as a universal um, uh, you know, panacea for, for this place. This is where all the idea for all the saucy phone lines, the 1-800 yeah. numbers you'd call in on <laughs> in the 80s. This is where they got it from, to start panting down the phone. <laughs> I'm trying to stay healthy. And you potentially catch a disease or thwart one, depending, I yeah. guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I keep I keep looking at this and they had to hire they had to hire some programmer way back in the day to write that little that little program where it would show uh it would put all those dotted graphs like when you were in school and you learned how to, you know, type in basic or something. So well, actually, Jim, that is one of my notes. I was gonna say, is this representative of computer graphics of that era? Or is this quite a sophisticated thing then for the time? This this was a big deal because it wasn't coming out of a teletype. It wasn't coming out on paper that they had. So it's not know, animation a... then, because I mean that's probably one of the ways they'd get around with things that in with films back then, wouldn't they? They'd animate it and go, oh, it's graphics when it actually wasn't. But this is actually some sort of a, like dot matrix program or something. Is that correct? Yeah, I yeah I think what it was doing. I, I don't think it actually computed anything. I think they they just set it up so that it would print out stuff line by line as you watch it. As you watch it, write everything out. You can see that that little cursor goes zipping across left mm. to right, left to right. So it's not it's not really calculating. It's mostly just posting, you know, printing something. Which actually, this comes right out of the book. This this pay, this picture here was a, an illustration in the book. So it's uh, right. It it looks good though. It tells well. Oh, it does. I, I like. I was gonna say it just uh, it gets the point across. I was just, my my yeah. I was just like, is that a computer of the time? Is that just like a, a slick? sexy kind of like this is the future of computers what it would have looked like then in this like super advanced you know cutting edge technology pushing the envelope per you know laboratory and the computer yeah levels. when i was you know let me pull up pull up a rocking chair and, and tell a grandpa story here when i was in uh, high school in the 70s we had a uh we had a connection to a computer that was, uh, you know, miles and miles away, and we had a, an ASR thirty three teletype, which is a lot like the the teletype machine that we saw earlier in the show back when they were up on the red level. When they tear um, the paper, it's like that, yeah. like very thin paper. They tear it off and then rush off to the whoever's in charge. And go, General, look at this. Yes. Yeah, okay. This a flash just came in over the wire. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it, it's we. That's how we learned coding, and we had this. Uh, we had a an Altair eighty eight hundred was the was a computer. It was basically a chip and a bunch of blinky lights 
plates on a, on a big box that was about the size <laughs> of a toaster. And, uh, and, and then we'd have, you know, you'd sit there and you'd carefully gazik, 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 type all this stuff in. And then uh, miracle of miracles, we got a terminal that had a video screen on it. So we didn't have to burn through, you know, a couple of miles of paper every time you wanted to debug a program. And yeah. it was just, uh, and of course then the, the big deal was, well, how am I going to get this back out on the paper? Because I, I can't take pictures on the TV screen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so then, you know, we had to go backwards and figure out how to get a printer plugged into this little computer. Would but, you, you know, that, say, would monitors ever like the screen burnout for leaving a still image on it for too long? Would it like affect a screen oh, or no? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you had the same thing up there, so, I mean, everybody like remembers the old burn-ins. Yeah. Yeah. I had a problem uh, one time I was working for an insurance company and uh, we had the, we, it was Kmart insurance, the uh, Kmart uh, uh, stores, which uh-huh. similar to Walmart. Uh, they had, they were Rain selling Man's favorite it, source of underwear. I think if I remember correctly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it, it was a place that you, I mean, they, they tried everything. And one of the things they were trying to do was sell insurance through their Kmart stores. Mm. And uh, we had a problem where uh, when I got hired into, to work on their problem, they had a bunch of old IBM PCs that they had scattered all over the country. And uh, they had the it would it would print a giant K out of little K's on the on the screen because, you know, that was that was considered modern back then. <laughs> and they leave the thing on all day and you go into these stores and they'd have you, you could unplug it. And the screens would get all the phosphorus had completely burned a oh, K yeah. into the uh, into the screen. So I had a I had to come up with a screensaver program where it would move the, the K around the screen. So it would evenly burn stuff yes. when they. Uh, Wow. So, so just, uh, I mean, the same problems kind of persist now with like these plasma or is it LCD now, which is good or the plasma? Cause I, like my TV yeah. now, I think I bought in 2011 flat screen plasma, I think, but it's got the, the ghost of the kind of what channels are on channel. Like, Oh yeah. Screen. Yeah. You, you get the lines, the grid and all that. Is that yeah. plasma or LCD? I don't know. I, but, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure just, if that yeah. happens to them anymore, but uh, yeah, certainly nine or 10 years ago ruined the TV yeah. in a year. Yeah, it's just it's frightening the, the the stuff we have to deal with in technology. But, but it's uh, the same problem that persists well then, but isn't kind of happening now, isn't it? It's not ever ever so timely, even down to the computers. The other <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get and we get. I think this may be one of the last split diopters. You know, we were talking about Robert 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 Hayes, not Robert Hayes from Airplane, but Robert mm. Wise from uh, the, <laughs> the director of the show. He loved the split diopter lens, and we're seeing that. Uh, there, there's a scene about uh, second 20 or 21 where uh, Hall and Stone are looking at the screen. The screen is in focus on oh, the left-hand nice. side of the screen. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Hall, yeah, Hall and Stone. He, uh, Hall and Stone's ears are perfectly in focus on the right-hand side of the screen. Mm-hmm. And the screen is perfectly in focus on the left-hand side. So just Robert Wise showing how he knows how he knows how cameras work. Now, he was a fan of that, uh, well, the split diopter who originated it where what era of filmmaking did it come in the 50s the 60s because i know it, like the palmer was a big fan of it wasn't he it was yeah it, was, it, it, it went way back i mean greg toland i think would be the the guy that you could pin all this stuff on greg toland was big on deep focus he did citizen kane he was a cinematographer for citizen kane of which robert wise was an editor so um a lot of times you'll see the left hand side of the screen somebody in the in the foreground is in focus and then on the, mm. on the uh, you know on the other side of the screen you get somebody way down the end of a hallway is in focus so these uh these were german zeiss lenses that uh, were developed in the 20s mm. and uh and what was they, the, they, i guess that's for what application military at the time or not it mostly for just photography like still photography people would take pictures and they, they wanted to have somebody you know they, you could you could turn the you could turn the lens so that it would be on the, either the left or the bottom or the top and 
and uh now is there a split in the lens am i yeah, yeah yeah it's it's it, it looks like half a, it, it looks like two halves of a lens one uh focus for near near focus and one for you know infinity is it molded so, as one piece not molded but how do they make a lens they kind of grind it and polish it is that correct they, they yeah this is you know it's it's cut it, it's cut down the middle they, they just use a glass cutter and cut the cut the lens and then fit two different lenses into the same uh, uh mount the lens right. mount um i think it, it, they still sell them you can buy um, if you go to, you know, Bell and Hal Optical or one, you know, any of those Adorama kind of places, you can find uh, split diopter lenses that are built for Canon cameras or Minolta's or whatever. So yeah. they're still out there. Very pricey. I mean, there's usually a comma in the uh, uh, in the price tag. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to make movies like if, if you want to make movies like Robert Wise, you got to get yourself a split diopter. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. And I, I'm, yeah, filmmakers. I mean, I recognize that shot instantly. I think even if you're not a film fan or understand what cinematography even is, even as casual players, you go, oh, it does jump out at you when like the foreground and background does. And as I said, my, most of, I think all of De Palma's films have it for sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. especially in films like uh, Blowout and stuff like that, you'll yeah. see. It's his he ear just... and stuff. And then the, the crash and things, Travolta's ear and things when he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the owl, I think, there's that scene with the owl and it, he's like picking up the owl with his microphone and it goes, yeah, yeah, and uh, Coppola did it too. I remember there's a couple of scenes in the conversation where you've got you know, Gene Hackman's head and the ear a headphone on, and he's watching something going on in the background. And that's in focus. Never seen that movie as well. Uh, ah, okay, <laughs> got to crack the cellophane on that one. I was going to say, listen, if you are, if you're not familiar, we've been doing uh, the Best Years podcast, one of the sister podcasts of this. Who actually, I think uh, Greg Tolan was cinematographer for that, wasn't he? The Best mm -hmm. Years of Our Lives movie. That's right. And uh, there's a segment in it, I think, where I'm <laughs> you're listing all these classic films that I've not seen, but I own the bloody things, and they're still wrapped in the plastic from years ago. Uh, that's another one, listeners. Thank you. I'll get on it. I promise. <laughs> there's a big, there's a big to-do list over your TV. There's, a, there's like a, a giant grain silo of like unopened DVDs. Now I'm piling up <laughs> that I need to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it's got, it's just got to be. Maybe that'll be your twenty twenty one goal goal yeah. setting. Just, Take the plastic hey, gonna, off the new show. Actually, yeah. Watch more movies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it's uh you know uh, this one, I, and I see a second. He's doing another split diopter at uh, second forty four, forty three, mm. forty four, where you get another. He just loves looking at the back of people's ears. We've got uh, uh, Hall on the right and Dutton in the in the uh, the. T you know, and, and most of this could be done. Nowadays, you could just do this with After Effects or Premiere Pro, and you just film one half of it in a, in, you know, close up, and then one in uh, in distance, and just ma marry up the uh, yeah. the video images. But you know, it's still it's it's impressive that he can do this in camera. Well, I'm, I, I well to speak to that, I'm sure it's not quite as good as the actual split diopters because I think a lot of the time when they've kind of tried a digital route around trying to recreate something old, especially filmmaking wise, it doesn't quite work. When they yeah. shoot digital, the film grain you can. You're not aware of it, but you know something's kind of wrong and it's not proper film and things, little things like that. So it's like, uh, you know, I'm sure if a, a premier filmmaker wanted this kind of shot, like the Spielbergs and the Finches, I'm sure they'd use an actual split diopter, wouldn't they? Because you can tell, yeah, oh, even if you're yeah, not. Yeah, said, yeah it, you see that a lot nowadays in the, you know, the, the thing of the 2020s is the tilt, uh, the, the tilt frame where it makes it, you have the center is in focus and the rest of it is out of focus so it looks like you're looking at tiny things mm. they usually they usually show it with like time lapse and, and it looks like you know you'll see a 
you'll see a picture of, um, uh, you know, London, you'll see the Thames and, and everything will be out of focus except for the uh, millennial eye. And, and it would have, uh, you know, that'll, the, the center part will be in focus and everybody will be running around at the bottom. And it looks like you you get the impression in your head that the whole thing is about, you know, five inches tall. Yeah. Um, but it's, but they, they've done it digitally and you can feel, and oh, this isn't quite right, but it's close. It, it's close enough for whatever they're doing it with. But, but yeah, if you want the real effect, you're going to have to use the real, the real lenses. Yeah. I think even uh, with, like when they do use film, I think, I mean, that scene in, uh, quantum of solace springs to mind where he's fighting that guy and they're swinging around on ropes and there's glass and they're falling through windows and things there's so much kind of digital processing over that and it's shot on film it looks fake when it shouldn't be so it's two stuff yeah. and daniel craig doing all the stuff for real they do a digital pass on things to make it like god knows what they're doing to it but it just looks fake again it's just like they did this for real but i think that i think some yeah the old ways are the best Still. Yeah, it's it, there's very big on like particles and stuff. Every everything has to have you know dust motes floating floating about, and it's all digital. And although you know it, in small in small doses, it's yeah. okay. But I think we're we've we've kind of bent the needle toward uh, did you know look what you can do in digital. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but Toro does the best with that, doesn't he? Because he can't he, he has practical effects or you know practical work filmmaking wise, but then he kind of like touches up you know discrepancies or kind of weaknesses on either makeup or other things or cinematography with digital i think he makes the best use of both it's a tool that enhances what you know the the analog version of what he's doing he kind of just touches it uh, digitally but it's when they do the entire thing over again you know digitally it's when they cock it up i think yeah i i I'm, and there's some places like if you watch um I'm thinking back to the Hurt Locker when there's explosions. The, a lot of those are just they're, they're they filmed actual explosions, but they're cranked way down, and then they do careful digital matching. So you're seeing a, a good blend of digital, yeah. you know, digital matting, but it's the real thing. I mean, you're really actually seeing an explosion, so uh, it, it feels a lot realer. Yeah. Um. Uh. And, but you got to have money to do that, so a lot of times it's just going to be digital. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Michael Crichton directed this. Is that right? He's also the writer of the novel. Uh, he's the, he's the writer of he's the writer of the novel, and he also oh, he did, worked no, on sorry, the screen. Robert Wise. Sorry, he, he, he came. His first one was Westworld, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yes. I was going to say the 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 science in this, the alkalization of the blood. This conclusion they just like coming to now. So if you if you heavy breathe. Uh, is there any kind of hard science behind this or has it kind of been debunked or is it just done for dramatic effect? It's, it's, I mean, it's not going to cure anything. <laughs> it's because <laughs> the, pro the problem, I mean, the problem that they're having here and, you know, we're not supposed to think about this too hard is your body doesn't stay at that. Uh, you know, like they're saying that the baby cries and it makes the baby's blood or acidosis. It'll give, it'll give respiratory is that acidosis. Lactic acidosis. So when like your, your muscles burn or you get a stitch, that's lactic acidosis in your, yeah. 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 Your pH is changing in your bloodstream. So, you know, yeah, the baby cries, the baby's blood turns acidic. But the problem is the baby doesn't cry for 24 hours a day. It can't, it can't constantly cry. So the, you know, it's going to go back to normal. So I'm sure that... young parents across the land are going, what? what's he talking about? They cry constantly. <laughs> I haven't slept for months. <laughs> it's yeah. It's and, and, and it's like, it, 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 I mean, the, the other, the, the worst, the worst line in this entire minute is where, uh, uh, Hall says, uh, Dutton, our troubles are over. <laughs> are you out of your mind? <laughs> It's you know it's like an uh, aging Ronnie Corbett as well the uh, the guy they're asking to breathe heavy it's remi very reminiscent of Ronnie oh, Corbett if anyone British or yeah um, I, I can um, BBC yeah. America fans will remember the two Ronnies yes yeah um 
Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he. I. I always picture my favorite Ronnie Ronnie Corbett. Uh, well, besides the two Ronnies, was uh, his little scene in uh, the original Casino Royale. Oh, I've he, never seen. He, oh God! Take oh my pla- God! Take the okay. plastic off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me write that one down. Casino not the uh, Royale, what's his 19- name one. Not the, uh, the not 50s the Daniel one. Craig. No, no, no the nineteen sixties. I'm yeah. talking. Uh, Peter yeah, the, Sellers the, and uh, the David spoof. Niven. Yeah, David yeah. Niven and uh, so many others. Woody Allen's <laughs> in it. Um, but yeah, uh, Ronnie Corbett plays a. Uh, uh, he plays a guy named Polo, and he's um, uh, now I can't remember the name of the actress. She was the, she was Baron von Bonberth's wife in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Tell me you've seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I have seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Okay, that okay, is, well that's one. I've, I think I've seen lots of classic films. It's just like when you bring up these heavy hitters, you go, yeah. I, I think because <laughs> they've, they've kind of seeped into the 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 national or the culture so much. Yeah. And I think this could be said of quite a lot of films, even if you're not a fan of films, you kind of recognize the tropes, you know. Yeah, if I mean, says, I don't of, feed him after midnight. Goes, oh, I've not seen Gremlins, but that's some Gremlins, isn't it? Or you know, this or that. But uh, yeah, yeah, Anna yeah. Quayle. That's that's the woman I'm thinking of. She yeah, was, she was. Uh, she had an assistant. Uh, Anna Quayle had an assistant named Polo, and Polo was played by Ronnie Corbett. And Ronnie Corbett had a uh, center party <laughs> on the, the glasses. I can see him now. I'm, I've just yeah, he, him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has he has a he has a, a mechanical heart, and uh, he accidentally uh, plugs the wrong plugs the wrong wires into his thing and explodes. And it just it's, he's only in it for about like maybe three minutes, but it's uh, he has, it, it's it perfect. He was the perfect spice to the whole. What is to, he like? The a whole casserole type character. Yeah, he's okay. a bad, a bad, a bad guy and a sidekick of Anna Quayle. Yeah, so and, it's some um, great shots in it on Google Images. They're like again, split diopter. Yeah, yeah, it's in, a, the, in the background with the character in the full, extreme foreground. It's like, oh wow, they've uh, yeah, they've got one yeah, here with all three folks as well. He has a terrible uh, fetish for a Joanna Pettit who's in this, and uh, who hasn't? Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, good lord. Um, but yeah, Joanna Joanna Pettit is uh the daughter of. She's the daughter of James Bond and Matahari in that movie. Mm. And uh, okay, now we got to do Casino <laughs> Royale minute. But uh, yeah, that that uh, that film is is so there's so many good scenes in it, and a lot of people just skip over because it's like, oh, it's a spoof. It's like, yeah, but it's a perfect spoof. It's a, it's it's really up there, mm. and uh, and worth your while. So someday, if I ever come back to do, doing podcasting ever again, I will go back to uh, I'll probably do uh, Casino Royale. It's a good Bond film. What were the broccolis? What was the feeling of them in back in the day? Just to go off the road for two minutes. Uh, did that, were they, they they, they were hard. They hated it because it was not it was not under the uh, Eon umbrella. Mm. Um, they this is was it, is it, it connected to Kevin. McClory or not exactly it exactly is. this is this is a remake of thunderball they uh, use casino royale as a uh they, they use that as a um uh, kind of an umbrella to do uh to do the show he, he was allowed to do it so he was connected yeah with, with you know with doing this movie and uh it was part of let me see if i can get this right casino royale was a separate property that was sold to cbs and because cbs owned it they did a television version of it but uh, the only way they could remake any movie was it was Kevin McCrory's ability to use his characters, which were Smirsh and um, I forgot the uh, Spectre. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, this was basically a rewrite and similar to Never Say Never Again. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, it was impossible it, it was impossible for the Broccoli's to stop, but they didn't have to like it. I mean, the, the, the Broccoli's always hated it when somebody else did a Bond movie, which, you know, understandable. Yeah. But, yeah, that's why you don't leave holes in contracts. Um, but a great, 
I can recommend it's it's one of the best spoof movies I've ever seen. I, I it's one of my favorites and uh, eminent eminently rewatchable. Again, so, I own uh, it because I'm a completist. I've got uh, <laughs> I've got the James Bond collection, the old DVDs. They came in like a big kind of suitcase thing, and I was like, oh, I've got to get Never Say Never Again Casino Royale to just stick in there next to Octopus and you know before Majesty <laughs> Secret Service. I think <laughs> sticking out like a sore thumb, obviously, because they're not part of the canon. But uh, yeah, again, yeah, in the plastic. Thank you. I, yeah, and it's got you know Burt Backer. I heard Hal David did the uh, did the soundtrack to it, so you've got all these great you know songs. The Look of Love, Bond Street. Um, well, again, I, I, even if you've not seen the film, I know all those songs, and I, I guess any kind of you know regular viewer would know all that songs. I think uh, again, some part of the, these films we mentioned take the plastic off, as it were, have transcended even themselves in many ways, even if you've not seen the film. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, I mean, there's so much, and there's just an incredible, I mean, it's, it's like, it's a mad, 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 mad world quality of the amount of people that they that got to be. Oh no. Oh no. I'm, I'm, oh gosh. Okay. Isn't Canton get... class in that, right? Yes. I think yes. Yeah, I've seen half of it. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, I won that in, I won the DVD in a, in a pub quiz competition. And on my team was Edgar Wright, who did the uh, hot fuzz, Wow. Shaun of the Dead, because all my friends were to MTV at the time, and they used to do this pub quiz, and lots of famous faces would drop in uh, to this ah. pub, which was in uh, Highgate called the Boogaloo. I think Sean, what's his name, from the Pogues was there as well. Wow. And uh, oh, I, yeah. won, I won the George Romero Dead trilogy on DVD. Uh, no, Edgar Wright won that. He went, I've already got this. You can have it, Ethan. And then he signed it, which was odd. Wow. Wow. Because he's uh... nothing to do with them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you I've know, seen oh my half gosh. Of that film. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is a long film, but yeah, it's one of the one of the group projects we were going to do that I was I was dis, I was trying to decide on uh, best years of our lives. I went with that because it was the 75th anniversary this year, but the the backup was it's a mad 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 world, and that's have like some time hours. off, Jim, just for yourself. Yeah, I, I am. This is my yeah. This these you're listening to some of my final episodes for a very that's long. That's my hiatus. wife for a year and a half. <laughs> exactly. She's like. This, who's that man that lives in the back of the house? <laughs> Can I do the making... next podcast, Jim? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> so she's only good for 138 episodes. But we're going, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll 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 look at some of these in the future. But I think that may be a, 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 a it's it's either going. Well, I won't even, I won't say Casino Royale or uh, it's a Mad 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 World. But I think one of those is going to be an eventual MXM okay. project. But that's that's at another time. Well, uh, I think we came to the end of this particular minute. There's, uh, you know, every, I think, uh, gosh, pride goeth before for a fall. And uh, <laughs> and Dr. Hall is like, everything's OK. Our troubles are over. Everything's going to be fine. No, 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 no. Dr. Hall is uh, once again wrong. You forgot um, the bum. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he, he doesn't remember. You know, and and he's doing all this while there's an alarm sounding in the background. Like nobody has a shut off for the alarm for some reason. It's like. They don't have a snooze snooze alarm, a snooze button for the thing. So, oh well. Um, well, anyway, let's let's pick this up. Uh, we're gonna find out how thing if things are gonna be okay, which I don't think they are gonna be okay. But uh, we'll be, we'll we'll pick it all up on Wednesday. Um, uh, Ethan, when people want to listen to you and you're not when you're not talking to me, where can they find you? I'll just go up my phone number now. Just call me anyone. It's fine. No, you can uh, <laughs> if you go to YouTube and type in Two Minute Terminator or. Uh, Type in questionable. That's my old podcast where I interviewed various luminaries from uh, science and, uh, you know, industry and the entertainment business. And uh, there we go. Oh, oh, you know, you can go on uh, Amazon and type in Dark Ditties Presents and see uh, the little horror show I've been doing over there. And uh, 
Who knows? And it's it's very good. I can I can personally vouch for it. It's really we awesome. Just audition for what is it? Foxworth Hall, which I don't think I'll get because I think I'm I'm too uh, American looking, perhaps for that. <laughs> which even though it's set in America, I think uh, yeah, I'm a bit too. Uh, I don't look very kind of. Uh, what is it? East Coast aristocracy looking, I don't think. Uh, and, well, you know, you've got the beard, but you can trim, trim it down and get all with my tape. real, so, real looking. You. You'll, be, you'll be fine. You know, you know as, as James Bond says, never say never. Uh, it, we'll, we'll see what we'll see. As Ethan McKinley says, take the plastic off. <laughs> or never, take, never say never take the plastic off. There you go. Yeah. There that's, you that's, the, that's your Andromeda. Not your, oh, God, I've cups it up. That's your uh, Casino Royale title for your... Uh, for your uh, <laughs> <laughs> for your next podcast or mine who knows never say never take the plastic off the Delicious. cellophane sessions we'll call it. yeah oh, um, even it's... better john peel and the cellophane <laughs> sessions awesome wow oh. well uh well for for folks um for folks listening in who have uh, missed any of our previous episodes they're always available at the big site andromedaminute.com if you do go to uh if, if you do get your uh your podcast from apple i would appreciate it. i haven't asked this very much before but if you could leave a review uh, that would be a very nice thing with as and many stars, stars as you can. Don't forget, yeah, yes, big star stars and comments are always always welcome. Please, uh, that's I, I know it's not a perfect way of getting people to find the site, but when they see something with a lot of comments on it, people will tune in. But uh, all of your stars will be very, greatly appreciated. We're saving um, the world one unwrapped DVD at a time. So please <laughs> let as many people as know get this message out there. So you know all these DVDs aren't just sitting there gathering dust, but perfectly yes. preserved within their plastic at the very least. So, Somebody has to watch these sometime. Somebody does. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, we will, we will return Wednesday. In the meantime, please do the three things we always talk about on this show, so that we can get rid of this stupid plague and get on get on with our lives. Uh, go, you know, uh, wash your hands for twenty seconds, wear a mask, and try to stay six feet away from uh, people you don't live with. Uh, but we will see you here next Me and Jim time. Are so scared of each other, we do it from across an ocean for crying yes, out five thousand miles away. <laughs> min- minimum six times. I still zones. feel That's like we're we catch something off him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a mask now. That's why this audio is so bad. No. It's, <laughs> well, anyway, stay stay well, and we will see you here next time on the Andromeda Minute. See you tomorrow. Or Wednesday. <laughs> Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here. <laughs>